Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Talk Junkies, where tonight we're coming to you not live from my basement, but here in my basement with Johnny. Jesse's not here tonight, but it's all good. We're going to have a great discussion. Uh, tune in last week because we had a, an amazing author on, a, New York, a former New York Times writer, Ralph Blumenthal, on the show to talk about the adventures, basically, of Dr. John Mack and the, the type of people he talked about or talked with about alien encounters. Fantastic conversation. If you guys want to dive into that, his book's right there. It would be on your left, the very top book. Uh, the Believer, I believe is what it's called. Um, great, great podcast with Ralph. So I greatly appreciate Ralph for coming on the show and, and, and giving us Dr. John Mack's life and his experiences. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, it was dope. <clears throat> but tonight's going to be a very interesting night as well, as it is each and every single week here at Talk Junkies, because we've all been in, engulfed last year with what is called COVID-19, okay? And we had a few podcasts about it uh a couple, and then we just kind of went away from it because we were just, you know, that's just, it's just how it worked out. But anyways, tonight we're bringing on an author who's talked about the the blunders of the pandemic. Dr. Joel Hirschhorn is joining the show tonight. Doctor, how are you doing? Great. Glad to be with you. Thanks for joining, man. Uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Just give the viewers just a little grasp about who you are, my man. Okay. Well, uh, early in my career, after I got a PhD, I, uh, I became a professor at the University of Wisconsin, Madison, and I directed a research program between the medical school and the College of Engineering. And it was a very successful program for a number of years. From there, I went on to become a senior person at the Congressional Office of Technology Assessment, uh, where I directed a lot of studies uh, related to health issues and testified over 50 times at U.S. Senate and House hearings as a uh, expert. And then I went on to the National Governance Association, where again, I uh, directed a lot of work related to health issues. Um, so, uh, and for the last, since I retired, I've, I've been uh, working at a Johns Hopkins Hospital. Uh, I'm an executive volunteer there and involved with a number of uh, medical and health associations. Uh, on a voluntary basis. So I have a long uh, background, I would say in medical research. And uh, when the pandemic came along, <laughs> I uh, got very absorbed with it. And I can read, uh, you know, medical and scientific journal articles. So I really started to dig into it and read original research. And the more that I read, <laughs> uh, the more discouraged I became about how the government was managing that pandemic. And what really caught my attention was uh, in March of 2020, over a year ago, we had some courageous doctors, uh, Dr. Zelenko in New York, who wrote the forward for my book actually. And he was following research in France and he was curing his senior elderly COVID patients with what we now call the Zelenko cocktail, which was based on a, an old safe generic drug, hydroxychloroquine and uh, zinc and an anti old antibiotic. So I was amazed uh, that data started to become public, uh, although he couldn't get published in, in big medical journals, but the work in France became public. Zelenko's work became public. And so as time went on, what, what amazed me was that we actually had a remedy, a cure for COVID-19 
and the government wasn't pursuing it. And, uh, and then, of course, we eventually learned why the government was screwing things up. And it was because uh, what I call the wait for the vaccine. Uh, they didn't want to promote uh, what we call early home treatments, uh, because if they did, they would have knocked out the market for vaccines for COVID, okay? That's the reality of it. It's, it's that old wisdom, follow the money. And, uh, and, uh, and I've been involved now, deeply involved with trying to figure out how people ask me why I wrote the book. And the major, major reason that I'm, I mean, I'm elderly myself and uh, I already had published a lot, but I, I realized early on in, in 2020 that we had to get better information out to the public because what I call big media, mainstream media, corporate social media, was never telling the public the truth. They hid all the truth. In fact, they lied a lot about hydroxychloroquine and then later ivermectin, which is another uh, safe old generic drug, also began uh, to be used by some courageous physicians. And I wanna emphasize that we only have a small number of, of American doctors who had the courage and still today are still using uh, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. But because of what the government did under the direction of Dr. Fauci, uh, they created legal obstacles, uh, blocks to the wide use of early home and outpatient treatments. And the result of that is, uh, I, you know, I follow statistics very closely. I'm a numbers oriented person. You know, about, according to CDC data, about 600,000 Americans have died because of COVID-19. Now that data may not be totally accurate. Some people think it's a little high, but my point is 500,000 of those deaths could have been prevented if the government would have allowed the wide use of hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. So we're dealing with a horrific, almost insane situation where the government has stood in the way of saving the lives of half a million Americans. So uh, this has gone on around the world also. So when, when you speak of that, I think a lot of people will, will have heard that term hydroxychloroquine chloroquine from Donald Trump, the president of the United yes. States at the time during COVID. So he's the president and, you know, he, you know, he's dealing with this pandemic and this is what he finds out about this drug and that it is saving people's lives. Why wasn't it something that was continued? Why wasn't it something that Trump kept pushing? And I know you talk about big tech and big media and they're able to override even the president. That's insane of the time, <laughs> but how, how did they do that? And if, if this was actually working and, and curing people or not necessarily curing, but well, I guess, like you said, curing people of COVID, how did they not take the president serious? Well, there was this political backlash. As soon as Trump went public on hydroxy, uh, the big media went nuts and they saw attacking hydroxychloroquine as a way of attacking Trump. I mean, in the final analysis today, where we stand, Trump was absolutely correct. And by the way, the reason why Trump took hydroxychloroquine, I mean, I know this factually, because 
a few doctors, including Dr. Zelenko from New York, Dr. Smith from New Jersey, and a couple of other great doctors, got the White House to look at their data, okay? So the White House doctors saw the actual early data that hydroxychloroquine was actually curing people. So Trump took it as a preventive, okay? That's interesting. He didn't, and he didn't, but he only took it for four weeks. Now we know with more recent data that hydroxychloroquine not only works to cure COVID-19, but it actually also acts as a preventive, as a prophylactic. If he would have stayed on hydroxychloroquine, interestingly enough, Trump would never have gotten COVID-19, which he did get, but because he stopped taking the hydroxychloroquine. And he probably did that because of the incredible media attacks on him speaking out in favor of hydroxychloroquine. And of course, he had this his White House task force, but that was under the control of Fauci. And Fauci <laughs> was no friend of hydroxychloroquine in 2020. Now, I just have a, a new paper out, a new article, which shows that Fauci was a pro-hydroxychloroquine person going back to 1985 and 2005, when research was done out of CDC, actually. And so he, Fauci turned around. Well, he's now known as a flip-flopper. He, he flip-flopped on hydroxychloroquine. So he disregarded his early things that he talked about uh, decades ago about hydroxychloroquine being an effective killer of viruses, okay? And it changed his views in 2020, again, with the whole attack on Trump. And because Fauci has a long history of being very close to big drug companies. And this all started decades ago when, when Fauci was very involved in dealing with AIDS. So he had a long history, a close relationship with big drug companies. He actually, uh, his, his part of NIH makes money from big drug companies, okay? So why he changed his position on hydroxy, I think again, has all to do with the wait for the vaccine strategy. Now, Trump, followed, you know, unfortunately followed the sort of guidance from Fauci and went along with the, you know, the warp speed kind of program to rapidly uh, develop and produce COVID-19 vaccines. What we now know is they rushed through all the testing for the COVID-19 vaccines. So now I and many physicians and researchers that I respect have a pretty negative view of the COVID-19. Now, I admit I took the vaccines early on. I had access early on because I work in a hospital. And I wouldn't do it today, probably, because I think we have an enormous amount of solid research information coming in all the time saying that these vaccines, first off, are experimental. They never have been fully approved by the FDA. Very important to always emphasize that. And they didn't, they didn't do good testing. And so now we're seeing, uh, by the way, the latest CDC data uh, says that at least 6,000 people have died from taking the COVID-19 vaccines. I think that's an underestimate. I think the death rate is actually much higher. Other researchers agree with that my position. 
and uh, and lots of people, you know, you read about it. Well, you don't read about it in the in nope. the mainstream press, but I can tell you the literature that I read uh, has full accounts every day of people dying after they take the vaccine shots, people having blood clotting and heart inflammation, serious, serious ill effects, okay? So, no. and all this time, we could have been using hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, all right, rather than waiting for the vaccines, and still today, rather than pushing Americans, I say through coercion, okay, people are being coerced to take the vaccine, and I think that's crazy. I agree with Dr. Reich from Yale University, one of my favorite guys, uh, who, who thinks, I agree with him, that we've already reached what they call herd immunity. And the reason for that is about half the American population, about 150 million people, have what we call natural immunity. And they got natural immunity because at some point they got infected by the COVID-19 virus. And when you get infected, and most people who got infected never had serious medical problems. They didn't die, they didn't go to the hospital. Many of them didn't even know they had been infected. But once you got infected, here's the real science. You develop natural immunity, okay? So you don't have to worry about taking a vaccine. People with natural immunity should not be taking the COVID-19 vaccines, okay? And now we're beginning to understand why are some people who've gotten the vaccines coming down either with death or serious illnesses is because they're, they're taking the vaccines that create what we call artificial immunity. And they already have natural immunity. And when you do that, you screw up your body's immune system. It so turns out. real quick, can you just tell us a little bit of the MN, MN, how do you say it? The MNNR vaccine or the MNA, MNRA yeah. technology. What it's, is it? It's, it's genetically engineered, basically. They've created the, this vaccine. And, and this is what I want to emphasize. The vaccine creates a kind of... Uh, uh, a, a replica of, of the COVID-19 virus molecule, let's say. But it doesn't kill the virus. This is what I, people can't understand this. You, you get these vaccines, most naive, uninformed, uneducated scientifically, people would think that the vaccine is going to kill the COVID-19 virus in their bodies. That's not what the vaccine does. The vaccine just pumps in some really genetically engineered material, and it again creates a kind of artificial immunity, supposedly a response to the COVID-19 virus getting into your body. But what are we now learning? I was looking at data today, and you haven't seen the full story on, <clears throat> on this yet either. It's called breakthrough infection. And I agree with Harvey Reich, <clears throat> who has said that when you look at people coming down with COVID-19 today, serious effects, some of them being hospitalized, some of them dying, 60% of the new COVID-19 cases are with vaccinated people. Now that's an amazing reality. Yeah. Okay, so the vaccines are not preventing people 
coming down with new cases of COVID-19 infection. Crazy. Man, you... You've went through a lot, and it's all really interesting. You've just went through a lot really quick, and I want to take it back just a couple, sure. just a couple of steps here. For, uh, first thing, just a basic: what is the uh, man? I can't say that word. Hydroxy. Say that one more time. Hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine. You said that's been used for a long time, back in the eighties and stuff. Years. What is the actual? What was that originally used for or intended for? Fighting malaria. Fighting malaria. Okay, so <laughs> so still virus virus based years. stuff. But it turned out. Research was done way back. I'm going back decades. Research was done showing that in addition to dealing with malaria, hydroxychloroquine also had the ability to fight viruses. Okay, so they did research and it was published in 2005 in the Virology Journal. And that research was at that time they were dealing with the SARS, SARS epidemic. Okay, which turned out it wasn't a big epidemic uh, or, or pandemic. It, it, but it turned out they did research, and that research showed that hydroxychloroquine <clears throat> would kill the, <clears throat> excuse me, the SARS uh, virus. It turns out the SARS virus <clears throat> is just a cousin of the COVID-19 virus. It's almost the same, very close. It's a, it's, they're very closely related. So we knew in research in 2005 that this old malaria drug, hydroxychloroquine, and Fauci knew this in 2005, I wanna emphasize. We knew back then that hydroxy had the capability of killing some really bad viruses, okay? So we knew that, 2005, mind you, we knew that. So again, um, but we haven't, you know, most doctors, in the US, they work for large organizations, okay? They're not independent physicians. And because of the guidance that Fauci created from NIH and FDA against the wide use of hydroxychloroquine and then later ivermectin, most doctors cannot prescribe it. I tried this out myself months ago. My primary care physician, I asked him, I said, listen, I'm researching in this area. I really know my stuff. Would you give me a prescription for hydroxychloroquine? He laughed. Couldn't consider it, he said. It just, he couldn't do it. It just wasn't feasible because of what the federal government had done. Now, people could still get hydroxy and ivermectin, even today. I can tell you there are two websites. It's all in my book. You can go to two websites. of the organizations that I belong to, America's Frontline Doctors, an Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, and they've always had up on their websites the ability to order hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. So, but how many people are going to do that? Not that many. No one knows about it. We have a minority of doctors who are independent, free thinking, and I, what I often say, and it's in my book, but I, I haven't said it yet today with you, what happened under the, what the federal government did and what Fauci did was kill what we call medical freedom. Medical freedom. It's a beautiful concept. There's two sides to medical freedom. The freedom of doctors to give their patients the medicines and treatments that they think are most appropriate 
and the freedom of patients to choose the medicines and vaccines that they want to take, okay? We've lost, because of this pandemic, we basically have lost medical freedom. That's sad. That's it. Very, and that's scary. I mean, that should be your right as a patient to be able to talk with your doctor, go through the, every every drug has side effects. So to go through the side effects, go through the risks associated with the drug and be able to decide that with your doctor and come up with the decision on your own that that's the route that you want to take. And the fact that they're blocking you from that for something that I assume is not even like a killer. It's not like hydroxychloroquine. Man, I can't say that word. Hydroxychloroquine is out there killing people. Like it's not some crazy, vicious, experimental drug that we should have never used in the first place. Like it sounds like it's a reasonable, regular drug. Um, There's two things. FDA approved. Yeah. There's two things that you said a, a long time ago whenever you were talking that really stood out to me that kind of scare me. And that's one, the whole wait for the vaccine thing and talking about money and follow the road of, you know, follow the trail of money, follow the money. And that's always been a thing that I've talked about on the podcast that I feel like a lot of people agree with me and a lot of people maybe don't. But the thing is, there's so much in our world where at the end of the day, money is what matters. Like money is what matters to so many people, so many corporations, so many higher ups that like it would not surprise. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but it wouldn't surprise me at all for that to be a very clear cut and dry. Yeah, if we can make more money off of this by waiting it out and doing blah, 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 why would we just have a cure right now that's easily accessible for everybody? So that's, I mean, you said that, and that's the first thing that that scared me. And then the second was the, um, so I wasn't, I, I've, I've verbally talked about this before. I'm, I'm, I'm not a, a Trump supporter. I never was, never pretended to be. I wasn't a Hillary supporter either. I have my own views on politics. Mm-hmm. Um, but how... Something that could, so hydroxychloroquine could reasonably be a good solution to the COVID-19 problem as far as curing it or preventing it, you said. Um, And yet we skew away from this simply because, not like ignoring the money part, simply because the media finds an out to be like, hey, if we associate Trump with hydroxychloroquine and we we can find something to be like, look, hydroxychloroquine doesn't work and blah, blah, blah. We can now use that as an attack against Trump. And right. now you're taking medical science and turning it into politics. Uh, yeah, Paul, you're turning it into uh, entertainment and politics and a circus show and like a manipulation method. You know what I mean? Like you're turning it into campaigns, politics. You put it best, Paul. Yeah. You're turning it into politics, which is not what it should be. It's medical science. So those are the two things that really stood out to me. Yeah. And, and just to pick up on what you're saying, you often heard this phrase in the last year of the pandemic, oh, we're going to follow the science. You hear it from public health officials, from Fauci and all kinds of other government officials. Well, here's the truth. They have never been following the science, ever. And it's in my book. Everything that that the government promoted and advocated for the masking, the lockdowns, never had scientific proof behind them. In fact, just the opposite. The data was compelling early on that masking wouldn't work, that lockdowns wouldn't work, okay? So they were never following the science. I want to emphasize that. 
and there's a website, uh, again, it's in my book. Anyone can go to a website and all of the data on hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, we're talking about hundreds and hundreds of studies. All of that data is accessible to the public. And it proved unequivocally that hydroxy worked. We knew that early on, that ivermectin worked. We knew that early on. And I, I just keep writing articles. And in the first week or so of June this month, we had two new studies released. One was a study out of a New Jersey hospital that these were a study done on hospitalized COVID patients. These are really sick people, right? And they used hydroxychloroquine and they again found out that hydroxy would work even on hospitalized patients, okay? Even though we've always been emphasizing early home outpatient treatment, the newest study released showed that it worked on curing, okay, helping hospitalized patients. And the second study in June was out of India where they studied about 10,000 healthcare workers and they gave them hydroxychloroquine and they discovered, again, statistically valid, that it prevented those workers from getting COVID-19. Wow. This is in wow. India. So the work keeps coming out, the data keeps pouring out all the time, saying that these, that we really did have these treatments and solutions, both the, to treat and cure, as well as prevent. But if you buy into that, then you have to ask yourself, then why would we be pushing these vaccines, especially in the face of all of these deaths and very serious side effects from these experimental, I wanna emphasize, experimental vaccines. So this is crazy world here. This is, this is a pandemic that has turned everything upside down, inside out. The science is not being followed. They rushed through the testing. By the way, here's an inside thing. When they did the testing for these vaccines, what was the one group of people they did not include in the testing of the vaccines? They intentionally kept out of their trials people who had already gotten COVID-19. In other words, people who would have had natural immunity, okay? So these clever people in the drug companies didn't want to test their vaccines on people with natural immunity. And so today, believe me, the truth will be coming out over months and months. The reason why some of these people are dying today after they take the COVID shots, including some young people now, is because they have natural immunity and then they took the vaccine and the combination of artificial immunity and natural immunity, that's the killer in terms of medicine and health here. So that, can, that's the reality. Can I, let me ask a question. Um, so I just want to understand the virus a little bit better because I know there's a lot of questions about the virus and where it derived from origi oh, yeah. originally. And again, you, you take with a grain of salt, the media and, and Fauci, all these emails being released and what he was talking about with gain of function and stuff like that. To me, what it suggests and just listening to other people talk is that they were working on this type of virus. So when you talk yeah. about like natural immunity, is the virus natural? 
or was it truly no. was it truly derived out of a lab? And if that's the case, and if this isn't a natural virus, then I guess how? So I mean, isn't it an artificial virus at that point? So wouldn't an artificial vaccine work for an artificial virus? I, <laughs> I'm curious. I just don't know how that works. Well, this COVID nineteen virus was man made. There's no doubt in my mind about that. I mean, they they had to engineer this, and they did it at the Wuhan lab, and it's in my book that we knew early on (laughs) that that Fauci was funneling money to the Wuhan lab to do this gain-of-function research. And gain-of-function simply means to take a virus that is not necessarily very dangerous. In fact, there's lots of coronaviruses, including the common cold virus, okay, So they had to work on making a very dangerous virus that we now call COVID-19. And then they created these vaccines to deal with this man-made dangerous, it is a dangerous virus, okay? But the, the vaccines, again, I want to emphasize, do not kill the virus, okay? So that's why people, even after they've been vaccinated, they can have a lot of virus in their bodies. They can shed the virus, spread it to other people. And that's why also, again, breakthrough infections. What does that mean? People who have been vaccinated, they're getting, they're getting more virus into their bodies one way or another. And they're coming down ill. Some of them are dying and some of them are going to the hospital because they're coming down with COVID-19 after they've been vaccinated. This is amazing. By the way, this is not seen with people who have natural immunity. This is only being seen with people who've been vaccinated who don't have natural immunity. So the artificial immunity is not protecting them. And I can tell you there are lots of great doctors that I respect, including Reich and Peter McCullough in Texas, Uh, people who really are excellent on this topic and who say, and I'm with them, that natural immunity is better than artificial immunity. It it can last longer. It can protect you better than artificial immunity from a vaccine. So this is the reality. And still, to this day, people could be taking hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. Uh, There's new work just came out Uh, within the last few days on ivermectin. People are pushing that. And again, it it would solve this pandemic. Again, we had a solution to the pandemic. Uh, The the first people that recognized this was was research in France. And then uh, Zelenko picked it up. Again, by March of 2020, we had the data. We had the data. And it was given to the White House, okay? Trump turned out to be right, okay? I think he made a mistake in believing all the all the uh, stuff from Fauci that that they could rush through a a vaccine, okay, for COVID-19 within months. Normally, to create a new vaccine for a new dangerous uh, virus, you would spend years, maybe three years, five years, a lot of testing takes a long time. So now they seem to be so proud of the fact that within basically less than a year, they created these vaccines. The way that was done was they didn't do a good job of testing, okay? The testing was not thorough. And so that's why they're still experimental. 
why FDA has not fully approved these vaccines. And I can tell you, there is a lot of anger, more maybe public anger in Europe about these vaccines than here in the United States. I just wrote a new paper today, a, a guy, a member of the, fin uh, the parliament in Finland went public in a speech in the parliament saying that these vaccines were toxic, unhealthy, were killing people. And his speech went viral all over the world in countless websites. And so I just wrote an article about that saying, wouldn't it be wonderful if we had a member of the US Congress who had the guts to stand up and tell the truth about the COVID vaccines the way this guy in Finland did? That would, uh, that would but be, I don't think we're gonna see that. That would be beautiful. And I'm just, I'm curious with, within your research, were there any countries, so you had like Sweden, for instance, where they never really fully locked down and they kind of went the, the, the herd immunity route. How did that work for them? And were there any other countries that maybe did fully implement the hydroxychloroquine? Yes. But, and, and in there what were. It, okay. And, and it's all in my book. There were a lot of uh, places around the world. In fact, they were giving out, <laughs> unlike here, and there were countries in, in Latin America, uh, South America, and in, in Asia, around the world, who were giving out to the public packets free hydroxychloroquine and later free ivermectin, okay? Yes, this was being done in a number of countries, okay? So here, it, it's still, these, these are required prescriptions, but around the world, now you ask about Sweden, of all the four Nordic countries, Finland has done the best in terms of the pandemic, which is why this member of, of, the, of the parliament in Finland, it, it's kind of amusing because Finland has not had much of a problem with the pandemic. They've just done a better job of managing it. But they were still, even to this day, pushing these vaccines, okay? And that's what upset this member of parliament in Finland. But yes, hydroxychloroquine, freely given out around the world. Uh, heard, you may have read stories about how bad the situation uh, has been in India. Yep. I have followed this very closely. And I can tell you, there, uh, India has a federal system like we have. I think it's seven or eight states. And in the biggest states, they were giving out hydroxychloroquine, and they never had a bad pandemic situation. But the rest of India, where they were not giving out hydroxychloroquine, they had a very serious pandemic situation. And there, in my book, I described a fascinating kind of uh, inadvertent experiment in Switzerland. So they were giving out hydroxychloroquine in, in Switzerland. And their, their, their data in terms of COVID-19 deaths and hospitalizations were very low, very low. And for some stupid reason, maybe because of what the US was doing, they changed course and they took hydroxychloroquine away from the public. And what happened? their numbers of hospitalizations and deaths from COVID-19 went through the roof. And after a couple of weeks, they changed course because they're smart in Switzerland and they went back to distributing hydroxychloroquine. So what happened? All the numbers dropped again and the public was again protected and they, they didn't have a serious pandemic situation. So we have tons of data. And a lot of it is in the book 
And uh, it's just unequivocal that uh, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, I want to say, there are a lot of people who push ivermectin um, in recent months. And that's, that's another old safe. And interestingly enough, both hydroxy and ivermectin, fully FDA approved drugs, whereas the vaccines are not FDA approved. Okay. Let me ask you a question real quick, being a med- medical doctor, about the uh, about vaccines in general for a moment. Because I've never I've never been I've I've never understood the uh, I have friends who are and that's okay. I've never understood the anti-vax movement. I've never been about any of that. I think yes. vaccines are great. I think that yes. that's the reason we don't have stuff like polio and the mumps and measles and a whole bunch Agreed. of stuff is because of vaccines. So I have a couple of quick questions for you. Um, first off, correct me if I'm wrong. A lot of the vaccines that are well known, like the polio vaccine and all these other more the old school vaccines, I should yes. say. In general, are the vast majority of those have to deal with injecting the actual uh, disease or virus itself into your system, correct? Only some of them. Some okay, of them. so it's not the majority, it's just some of them. Okay. Some of them. So I was just, I was under a different impression there. I thought that that's, I thought in not general, always. that's how most vaccines were created. So that's interesting to know then. And that brings me to my second part then is, what is, are we doing that with the COVID vaccine? Like what is the compound in the COVID vaccine? Because from what I've heard, what you were talking about the M- MNRA or mRNA. Yes. It's more of like on a DNA, like a genetic side of things. It is. It is. It is what they've done is genetically engineer the, the molecule. In fact, you look at the cover of my book. You have this spike protein, and what they did was create. That's the real virus. What what hurts you is that spike protein sort of molecule. Okay. They in the vaccines that are being used today. It's a, it's a kind of fake spike protein, okay? But the, the idea is by putting that fake spike protein into your body that you will develop immunity, okay? okay. Against the real spike protein molecule, okay? So, but it doesn't quite, it's not working out that way. Again, my, yeah. Have we, have we successfully created a vaccine like that before? Have we used that method no. of like, hey, Let's take something that is very similar and like this and get antibodies to fight it so that we can fight the actual disease. Are there vaccines not by in the using, past? Yeah, not by using this kind of genetic engineering approach, which was being researched by big drug companies for many years, and they were not successful. They were not successful with this approach until 2020 comes along again. And the government pumps billions of dollars into this effort. And then, quote, they have achieved success. But is it a real success? Or have we been fed a lot of propaganda and disinformation? And is it, you know, I'm, I'm in the, you know, again, I, I took the vaccine. I'm not against vaccines. But I'm telling you, in the months ahead, I think more and more true science information will come out again arguing against the safety of these new vaccines for COVID-19. That's the issue. Are they safe? Now Peter McCullough out of Baylor University in Texas generally seen as probably the most reputable senior physician medical researcher in the country in this area 
what he has said is, is absolutely so true and brilliant. He said, look at all of the CDC data on the deaths and ill effects of people taking the COVID-19 vaccines. What McCullough has said is, in the past, if we had seen all of these statistics for any new medicine or vaccine, FDA would have taken it off the market immediately. Candid. And, and, and McCullough is so correct. So FDA is not acting in a kind of ethical and moral way. Uh, they haven't taken these experimental vaccines off the market. And every day, more information comes out, people dying, people going into the hospital, serious heart ailments, uh, ailments, blood clotting in the brain, serious, serious where, problems. Where do you find that information? Because a lot of people probably don't know where to find that information, including myself. It's, My wife knows where to find it. She's seen some of that type of information. But how do you find out where these numbers are? Because it's alarming. Yes. It, uh, I, I'm totally sympathetic. <laughs> I mean, I, I go, I have websites that I use, uh, which, you know, I can get access to this information. And I put these websites in every time I publish articles, I, I usually give some websites. Okay. So I, I want the public to find these places. Okay. Health impact news is, is one website, for example, but there are many others, but they're hard to find. Okay. You can't find them in the usual ways because they're being blocked. You know, you can't find them on YouTube. You can't find them because social media blocks these, these websites. The mainstream media does not cite any of this new information. So it takes some real effort, which is why I keep publishing new articles, okay? A couple of months now, several a month. And I, and I give these websites out so people can access the information. I want to what? I want to condemn you on your bravery, by the way, because it's very admirable. Commend, commend, sorry, not condemn. Sorry, commend you on your bravery because it's that's it's absolutely fantastic that someone of your nature who's testified in Congress and has spoken more than fifty times. That's amazing, man. And you've been around these types of people who are running our country and doing these. And I'm yes. whatever. Thank you for that, Doctor Joel. Wow. I greatly appreciate that, man, because we need someone to fight for us, and this is very important and very serious. And I don't think people understand the implications of what's going on right now. And, it, and this is a very important book, man. And it's unfortunate that we're not going to be able to upload something like this to YouTube. Yeah. But it's going to be on BitChute and, and Odyssey and whatever else that we can get it onto, man, because this is important information. You're well-renowned. I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what type of backlash, and I'm sorry, Johnny, for inter interrupting you. What type yeah. of backlash have you received from this? And with being in government for so long or testifying in Congress, like yes. were you like scared at first to do this type of thing? And I know you're not the only doctor doing this. I know there's thousands of them out there, but it's, there's millions. Not thousands. <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe a hundred or so. Wow. Uh, actually a small number because again, let me give you a fact that to explain what I just said, how does Fauci control the medical establishment? Fauci gives out every year, from NIH over $3 billion in grants to medical researchers, professors and universities, all kinds of laboratories. That's a lot of money, $3 billion a year. So he controls you know, the medical establishment through the money he doles out every year. 
So you don't have a lot of courageous doctors speaking out against the, what the government and Fauci has been doing. A lot of them can't speak out. It affects their pocketbooks. Their livelihoods, if especially if they're professors and they need these grants, they can't speak out because Fauci is controlling this system through the money he gives out. A lot of money, $3 billion a year in grants, okay? And he's been doing this for a very long time. So we don't have a lot of courageous doctors, actually. I mean, I have some, you know, uh, favorite doctors who I, I put in my, many of my articles. I cite these doctors, Rice from Yale, McCullough from Baylor in Texas, George Fareed in California. I mean, is a... But there's not hundreds of them, okay? There might only be a couple of dozen of these doctors who are really courageous and and speaking out the truth, the truth about the pandemic. And we're fighting lies all the time. It's all propaganda from 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 big media and from you know. Here's another little fact that nobody would know unless I tell them. Medical journals. Most of the people doing the good research proving, for example, that hydroxy works, ivermectin works, they can't get their scientific papers published in the big medical journals. Why is that? I'll tell you why. Because the big medical journals depend on advertising revenue from big drug companies, <laughs> okay? So I can tell you that, uh, that uh, Zelenko and other fine doctors who are doing good research could not get their data published in big time medical journals, all right? Because the system is so corrupt, again, by money. And by the way, when, 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 when they were fighting Trump and hydroxychloroquine, what happened? Two articles were published against hydroxychloroquine in the two biggest medical journals in the world, The Lancet in England, and the New England Journal of Medicine. Two articles saying they have the data that hydroxy did not work and was dangerous. What happened with those articles? Within weeks, a short time, people were easily showed that they were fraudulent articles and both of those big medical journals, this hardly has, has ever happened in the history of everything, they had to withdraw those anti-hydroxy articles from their own journals. By then, the damage had already been done, though. The they damage the had been done by the big media. Exactly. That was the story in, 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 in 2020. That's all it takes but in, a moment in time to... Uh, yes. There was one article that was kind of fascinating, though, in, in March 20th or March 17th, I believe. Uh, and Fauci came out, and then it was the New England Journal of Medicine, where he had said that COVID was similar to the flu, the common flu. And it wasn't like as aggressive as people thought. I don't know. When you brought the, the new England journal of medicine, he actually, yeah. and people don't read it. You know, I never knew what it was until COVID happened that that's what yeah. was a prominent way to look at what's going on in the news in, in, in the medicine world. But sorry, neither here nor there. What can we do to change this? What is there <laughs> any types of solutions? Is there any way to get past this corruption? What can the association of doctors or medicine do to get past this? Is there any, any type of solution? You know, I, I'm a pessimist. And let me tell you, America's frontline doctors that I'm a member of, their website was just taken down by Amazon just the other day, okay? 
this is still going on. The battle is still going on. It's raging out there, okay? So if you ask me, do I see a, a solution to this? I don't. Are they gonna, I think Fauci ought to be prosecuted criminally, criminally for negligent uh, homicide, basically, okay? Criminally negligent homicide. But do I expect the judicial system to go after people like, like Fauci? I don't. I don't see a solution, quite frankly. The Biden administration actually elevated Fauci, okay? They gave him a higher level position, basically. So I don't see things turning around for the better here. People are still dying. By the way, a lot of people, even today, Oh, there are a lot of people dying from COVID-19 in the U.S. and all over the world. All over the world, over 3 million people have died from COVID-19. So this is pretty significant. Do I see a solution? I don't. I don't because I'm publishing articles as fast as I can. A few other people like me are out there. Again, some great, I only can get published on conservative websites. Okay, I have three or four now websites that will publish all my articles easily, but I don't even try to get published in terms of major kinds of places because I don't stand a chance. And by the way, I never used social media to begin with. If I had used social media, I would have been knocked off of social media as soon as my book came out. People have been amazed actually that my book came out and has done very well on Amazon. For, for whatever reason, Amazon didn't knock my book off. Uh, so I consider myself fortunate in that respect. I think there's a reason I, I figured out why that has happened. Uh, but anyway, I don't see, to answer your question, I don't see, you know, I'm, I'm close to following and my articles are being published in Europe also, okay? I have a few websites around the world that publish my articles. And I'm watching the situation in Europe very closely. And it's just as bleak there also. Uh, as it is here, because we're dealing with a corrupt power structure. It's big drug companies, it's big media, it's big government, okay? How, how, how can we fight this? I don't see a solution, to be honest with you, other than trying to get, my only sort of mission is to get the best information out in the best way I can to more people. I love doing podcasts. I, I Again, I write a couple of articles a month, maybe three or four now. I'm doing it more now just to get better information out to the public. But how, will the public see all of this? Because most of the public are, are getting most of their information either from social media or mainstream media, okay? That's, and the, that's the reality. That's the real problem, man. And it's really... It's both disconcerting and heartbreaking to hear you say that. And on the yes. other hand, I'm like, I'm kind of eating it up and loving it because I feel like it's what I say on the podcast all the time. It is. I feel like Paul's usually the more positive one. Jesse's not here tonight, but he's more of the <laughs> middle ground. And I'm more of the, I consider myself a realist, not a pessimist, but most, but people probably see it as pessimism, but talking about, and I'm going to go off, I'm going to digress and go off on a little bit of a tangent here, but talking about just in general with everything we've talked about economy and medicine and the world and how there are these powers above us that are, it's hard to, I mean, it's like the old days when people were burning books and stuff. Like that's what this yeah. is. It's like the digital version of burning books. It's like having bonfires where you're just 
getting rid of all this information and just fueling the fire and being like, this is all you're allowed to look at and this is all you're allowed to look at, except in a digital age where we're under the like, the mask or the guise or impression of freedom of looking at everything. Like we think we can look up all the information we want and we've got it at our fingertips when in reality that's not the case because they shield us from so much of it. And I, I don't know, I, like I said, I'm going off on a tangent. I hate it. it. It drives me crazy, like down to my bone, like down to my soul, but it's so real at the same time. People don't realize it. And I like the fact that you said you kind of ended it with a positive note saying the fact that you do enjoy doing like podcasts are a good way to get out of information, doing yeah. everything you can. It's, I hate to say it, but it's, it's grassroots kind of stuff that is yep. really the only the only answer right now until enough people, and we say this all the time on the podcast too, I hate hate using the word woke or awakening or any of that, but for lack of a better term, until enough people start to kind of wake up and realize that, man, this shit they're shoveling down your throat is not all real. Like, you got to take a step back. Like, take a step back and think for yourself a little. You know, it was uh, towards the end of 2020, I guess around October, November, I couldn't believe myself. <laughs> the reality that I was seeing is that I'm sitting on all of this data, medical data, scientific data, and I'm seeing this reality that we know how to solve this pandemic problem, okay? And this, I said to myself, I got to do something about this. What can I do? I mean... I'm 81 years old. I've already been widely published, a number of nonfiction books, hundreds and hundreds of articles, okay? Do I need to write another book? But I said to myself, I've got to do something, okay? And what could I do? I could write a book, try to make it very readable. And by the way, I'm a good writer. And many people have told me they sit down with my book, they read it in one night. It, 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 it was designed to be readable by ordinary people, although it has a lot of data and detailed information in it. So that's what I could do. And then I started to say in the last couple of months, I got to write more articles. I mean, I, because I'm, I'm as angry now as I was six months ago, nine months ago, that the public is still being fooled. A couple of, you know, uh, Fox News tries to get some of the truth out, but I publish on some great uh, websites, uh, trialssitenews.com, uh, wnd.com, uh, and a couple of others, noqreport.com. So, but how many people are going to access these lesser known websites? Okay, that's that's the Nobody. Issue. Or, I mean, very, like yeah. a small, small, minimal Can't amount of people. It's not the same as getting on NBC News or yeah. CNN News. Or right? Facebook or anything like that. Yeah. Well, that's true. So that's, you know, again, I'm, I'm not optimistic about where we stand uh, at all. And it hurts me. It really hurts me to see now people dying from the vaccines, people still dying from COVID-19. Okay. The corruption out there is amazing to me. It never goes away. And uh, I don't, there's no magic bullet here. There's no, nothing that you know, I, I can see other than keep pushing, pushing better information out to the public in any way that we can with the help of great podcasters like you, you, you guys and, uh, and the websites that are publishing my articles, 
that's all we can do uh, and hope that maybe we can turn the situation around. At some point, the real data, you know, bubbles up. The real information, I think, does bubble up to some degree, okay? So I'm hoping that, that some of this may turn around, but it'll, it'll take too long to turn around. People have, people have short uh, attention spans. You mentioned earlier about the fact that the two medical journals that published the article about uh, hydroxy, hydroxy, man, I'm so bad with that word. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, yeah, that with that drug were um, that literally a few weeks after or a short amount of time, a month after, a few weeks, whatever it was, that those articles were taken away for not being true and disbanded right. or whatever. But people fortunate. have a short attention span. Yep. We don't think about that. We read that and we move on from it. The damage, once again, the damage has already been done. And until you talk about, you know, evidence popping up like a little bit of data does come through once in a while and you said that it's too late i agree a hundred percent but hopefully all i can hope for is that over time it keeps happening enough and people get a longer memory and a longer attention span and look back at it and say hey you remember two years ago when we were all about this one thing and then we found out it was fake because all this other stuff came up like who's to say that that couldn't also be what's happening right now like we need yeah. to start thinking for ourselves a little bit yeah. and like actually remember our faults and learn from our mistakes, which is like a human, like that's what we do. I don't know. That's, you know, I, I haven't given up, which is why I keep writing articles. I'm writing more now than I ever have in the past. I mean, I, I see stuff every day that boggles my mind. The American Medical Association, now talk about the establishment, the American Medical Association, I can't believe it goes public, what they say is a survey of American physicians. And it says that, gee, 96%, I think, was the figure of American doctors have been vaccinated. I said to myself, I don't believe this. So I go through the links and I actually find the survey from the American Medical Association. How many doctors did they survey? <laughs> <laughs> You want to guess? 50. <laughs> 300 doctors. I think there's, I'm going to look it up tomorrow, how many physicians there, there are in the United States. I think the number is probably something like 100,000. So the American Medical Association does a survey of 300 doctors. At the same time, this other sort of maverick organization that I belong to, Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, they do their survey of 700 doctors, okay, but these are independent doctors, and the majority have not been vaccinated. <laughs> there you go. I mean, that's so, just, I hate to say it, that's just data and statistics and media skewing as always. Yeah, that's you, been, there's the book, you it's can manipulate. so easy to do, and it's been done for so long. Yeah. Well, I know, I know we're getting towards the end of the hour, man. It's been a great, fantastic podcast. Uh, I greatly appreciate all of your time. I do have just a few more questions if you have the time for it. Just sure, sure. Um, when, when, so the first question is when? Had, when did you find out that medicine was corrupt, or, or at least in this position for COVID nineteen? Has it always been this way that big money well, and big pharma has been able to manipulate what it is that people see? Nothing like this. Nothing like this. It, it became apparent to me again in the spring of twenty twenty, and I'm sitting back. <laughs> And I'm looking at the data 
that we know how to cure COVID-19. And I'm looking at what the government is doing, which is blocking what I see as the real effective treatments. At that point, I said the system is absolutely, totally corrupt. And uh, it's just it was unbelievable to me in the spring of 2020, uh, basically a year ago or more, that yes, the whole, the whole public health system was failing Americans, public health. And, and I always get a kick out of the media that describe Fauci as a public health official. He is not a public health official because a legitimate public health official has, has a moral and professional obligation to look at both the positive and negative impacts of any public health action. And one thing that Fauci never did was to look at the negative side of all of the things he was pushing, the masking, the lockdowns. Lockdowns had a massive negative side yeah. to them. You talk about people's mental health, the suicide rate yes. has went up so much. Like, man, you talk about negative effects of a lockdown are insanely, like astronomically high. I, I wrote a paper a couple of months ago it was a wonderful study down uh, out of the University of Washington. And the guys looked at all of the health effects from the pandemic, not just the direct effects from the virus, but the indirect health effects. And what, did, what was their bottom line? The death rate would be a million, a million, okay? Because of, of the kind of analysis they did. At that time, it was only about four or 500,000, I think, when that study was published. Now it's up to 600,000. But yeah, that's the whole point. Fauci never took into account all of the you know, collateral damage, let's say, of the lockdowns and the school closings and everything else that he was pushing. I must say this, bottom line, Fauci never promoted anything that was correct, never followed the real science ever. Ever. And that boggled my mind. I mean, I'm a trained in science and stuff, you know, research. I couldn't believe that we were not following the science. And that boggled my mind. And imagine how it boggles the mind of all of these physicians and medical researchers and scientists in the US and around the world. They, in their hearts, also know that nobody is following the science, nobody with power, anyway is following the science. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree, man. And, and then, uh, I don't know if you have any questions, Johnny, but this is my last question. You said you were 81, I didn't know that. And but man, dude, you are looking good, one, for 81. <laughs> and your mind is sound and just fantastic. What is the secret? What is your secret for that? If, if you, well, you have know, one. I take a lot of vitamins and supplements. By the way, in my book, and I, I do this in articles, I tell people, if you can't get hydroxy or ivermectin, there's a four, a cocktail based on vitamins and supplements. Vitamin C, vitamin D, uh, an old supplement called quercetin, and zinc. Those four can improve your natural immunity, okay? This is proven science again. Vitamin C, vitamin D, quercetin, and zinc, okay? I take it twice a day, even though I've been vaccinated, okay? So there are, there are things that people, and by the way, what is the biggest comorbidity to explain the deaths, COVID deaths of younger people, less than 70? 
the biggest comorbidity in the United States. Is the obesity. Oh, obesity. Okay. Obesity turns out to be the killer. Okay. So when we look at people less than 70 dying from COVID-19, the biggest explanation is obesity. So, I mean, at that point, you're just talking about all around health. Just be healthier yes. and you'll be healthy. Crazy how that works. In the last two years, I lost 65 pounds. Nice. Because I wanted to get healthier. <laughs> Did you, yeah. Do you have anything, Johnny? I, I Man, I had something. I lost it. I don't, I don't want to... I had some like questions that I wanted to ask that weren't originally related to anything we were talking about. They were just general medical questions. But at this point, I honestly don't want to. I just kind of want to keep it focused on what we've been talking about. Yeah. So I really don't have any follow-ups, to be 100% honest. I don't. Um, so just real quick, I mean, where can we find you? Do you have a website? We got your book right here. All the links will be in the description below on where we can find no, you. I, but... I, don't, I don't try to maintain a website. It's not worth the trouble for me. And... uh I mean, I do have one, but I don't keep it up to date. Uh, no, it's 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 going to the the uh, the websites that publish my articles, basically. As I say, WND Trial Site News. Uh, uh, can't think of all the names right now. NOQ uh, Report. Uh, uh, what was the other one? Anyway, no. So, but you know, if you do a search for me, though, most of this stuff comes up. I mean, I don't use Google. I use Bing. But uh, you search my name and. Uh, you know, Joel S. Herschel and pandemic. Most, a lot of my stuff comes up, okay, on all the, because I publish so much so that people can usually access it. I don't want to poke fun of you, but I'm surprised, like, you say Bing. I feel like I'm going to type in your name on Bing and get, like, a picture of, like, a microwave or a toaster or something. <laughs> well, I just, I, I just try to stay as much as I can away from Google. I don't okay. blame you one bit. I use, it, I use it all the time. Uh, I realize the hypocrisy in what I'm saying, but I use I use Google and Amazon all the time. And at the exact same time, I totally understand and agree with the hate for those companies. And I don't use social media. OK, I don't. Likewise, man. Well, uh, Dr. Dr. Joel, thank you for joining, man. It was it was fantastic conversation. It was amazing, man. I, I, I... I appreciate the opportunity, guys. I really do. I, I, I'm depending on alternative media particularly podcasts like yours to help get the word out. That's and, what we'll try to do. And that you are, sir. You keep it up, man, because we need more people like you, people who, who know this type of information to get it out there and, and know about it and can research it and know what that research means. Cause I know I don't. So I greatly appreciate that, man. And you have a good night. I hope to chat with you soon because you've had so many more topics and books that you've discussed that uh, we would love to have a chat. Great. about. Thank you for the opportunity. Yes, sir. Have Thank a good you. night. Thank you. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Oh, you were on it, Paul. Oh, yeah. Down there in the bottom right. No, I oh, you oh, already got it. Sorry, okay. I didn't know if he was waiting. There's always that awkward weirdness yeah. at the very you end. You just got to do it, bro. You just got to yeah. cut it off. You got to be like, that's thanks, true. have a good night. Yeah. No, that was awesome, man. Uh, seems like a very great, great guy and a great individual. So, Man, very well spoken. I was a little, if I'm being honest, I was a little worried at the beginning because there was... A lot of, he, it's weird. We've had people who've gone through a lot of subjects, subject matter, like very fast. He was going through it quick. He was going through it quick, but the difference is it was all like educational and actually like rooted. It was easy to follow. Right. So it's like he was going through everything really fast at first, but it was all easy to follow, which I greatly appreciate, doctor. Like that's, that's amazing because 
even though there was there were times when I, like I wanted to I wanted to cut you off and ask questions at the same time I'm like man everything you're saying though is actually is interesting and easy to follow where I can yeah I'm right there with you I felt the same way I was trying to come up with questions in my head and he just kept going on and on and my mind would go from one thing to another to another to another so yeah it, it was awesome man um I hope you guys liked the video um again his book's right here it's right in the middle you can find out on Amazon the pandemic blunder uh Dr Joel Hirshhorn. 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 Um, check him out. Again, he told you his, uh, what, what he's all about in the very beginning of the podcast and what he's done. A uh, fantastic per- person, in my opinion, based on first impressions with a one-hour conversation with the guy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I hope you guys like the video. The best thing you can do for this video is like it and share it. It's not going to be on YouTube. Um, you're going to have to find us on BitChute for this one for sure. There's no way around it, man. We, uh, we, I mean, man, we've put some some sketchy things out before that we maybe shouldn't put on YouTube. I don't. This isn't Just sketchy. Going, this isn't sketchy, but going off the data of what he said before we started recording, before we started recording and we're talking to you guys, going off of what he said about how many times some stuff has been taken down, I don't know if it's a, a risk we that we want to take. I already know, man. So we're, we're going to have a new BitChute channel, in which I'll probably upload all our old videos on anyways. Um, so you, you're going to be able to find us in multiple places. There will, again... You'll understand there'll be a three-minute video on YouTube about this video that shares the link to the video of where it's at and where you can find it. Anyways, we're going to have a estate lawyer on next week, so get tuned for that. Um, what do you do when you die? Uh, where does all your stuff go? Where does your money go? Yeah, find, like the physical find, side of things. Yeah. Like, not where do you go? Like, do you go to heaven or hell right, right, or right, what right. happens? And a estate like, lawyer doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that'd be cool if they did, though. Right? That'd be an extra bonus, man. Damn, yeah. you're paying them lots of money. I, I, that's what I'm going to ask him, actually. I'm going to be like, what happens when you die? And then he's going to go on the financial aspect. No, and I'll be like, no, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. No. I, I thought, I like th- my soul. Yeah, I thought that's what you were here for. <laughs> <laughs> no, my soul. Yeah. But we're going to have, uh, his name's uh, Brennan, and he's a really super nice guy, really just uh, local here and where, where we live and very well-renowned, and people love him, and he does a lot of great things for people out here. So stay tuned for that. Other than that, man, we're not booked. So we could have our first show in like two and a half months with, without a guest. Oh, man, um, it's been a while since we've had one with just the three of us. It has been, but I'm going to continue to work and make sure that that doesn't happen. But anyways, thank you guys for tuning in to Talk Junkies. Greatly appreciate each and every one of you that tune into our videos and watch it. And however long that you watch it, it, it means the world to me anyways. Um, hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell notification to all our junkies out there. Stay fly. Ring the bell.